Good morning. This is 97.3 KEPW.org, Eugene local radio station. I am Aisha Elliott, and this is Black Girl from Eugene. I'm starting my Facebook Live now. Three, two, one. Welcome to Black Girl from Eugene. I am Aisha Elliott, and I am your host, Black Girl from Eugene. All right. So, um, thank you all for coming here again each week. I appreciate you. I appreciate your uh, follows. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your shares. And um, more than anything, I just appreciate that you're here for the conversation. So, um, before we get started, this today you've got me, the guest I had. Uh, we had some miscommunication, so I guess we're gonna we have rescheduled for the end or the beginning of May because this next month is booked solid. You guys, we have some super awesome guests coming on. I, next week, I have a local rap artist who like started rapping during the quarantine, and he is absolutely amazing and has um, a really compelling story to tell about growing up black in Eugene. Um, Kalipa, uh, Klippa, sorry, Klippa, uh, will be coming on next week, and then we have, I'm going to do a personal um, tarot reading with a black, um, uh, what am I trying to say? My mind is like completely blank at the moment. Um, with someone who uh, I adore, actually, Raja, and she's Mystical Guide on Instagram, and she will do a tarot reading for me on uh, the 11th, I believe it is. So after that, we have Lane County Health, who's going to be joining us. Um, for three, a series of three, and we're going to talk about um, black health and uh, and uh, in Lane County and the disparities and the progress and um, vaccinations for sure. And we're going to continue to move on from there. So it's going to be really good. We're going to have uh, three different people from Lane County Health come on to the show. So I'm super excited. Good morning, Carter. Good morning, Carol. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, so, like I said before, you got me today. And I'm super happy to be here. Um, I want to make sure I did all of the announcements that I need to do. Their, uh, Juneteenth is starting to be planned. So if you are a black artist um, or a vendor or any of those, uh, please hit up Vanessa Fuller on Facebook. She is starting the volunteer list and uh, artist will be compensated. So please make sure that you get in touch with her. Um, and. If I have forgotten anything, please DM me and I will add it to the show notes. Okay. Huh. Yeah, you guys. This has been a week. This has been a really, really challenging month for me. And I want to talk about it a little bit. I haven't had a chance to really get to talking to y'all just by myself and get down to see what's going on um, and be able to just kind of express. So I just want to get down and do that. Um, so I, as you guys, most people who follow me know that I do race and equity work outside of the podcast. I also write for the Eugene Weekly, but I do trainings, I do lecturing, and I also do conversations that kind of go along with the trainings, and I do consultations with the trainings and all of that stuff. So good to see you too from Boulder. Graham, thank you for joining me. Um, so I do all of these things in the name of Black Girl from Eugene, LLC. So what, um, I'm also on committees, and I'm also, you know, d diversity and equity committees 
across several different um, planes. I'm also an equity advisor for Nurturely.org, perinatal wellness and loss um, uh, nonprofit here in Eugene. So there's a lot going on, right? I, you know, I'm doing a lot to add to what is missing in Eugene, right? They are, people say, people who are spiritually uh, connected, people who are consciously connected say, you know, be what you, be what you want to see in your community. Do what you want to do in your community. Be that person. Bring that energy, right? Um, and, you know, I don't think that I actually ever started any of the things that I'm doing, uh, even the nonprofit for the middle schoolers, in terms of like, that that's not true. That The nonprofit was directly related to things I didn't see when I grew up. But everything else was things that I, I feel very compassionately about, like equity, you know, race relations, uh, diversity, uh, inclusion. And so these things I felt, I have always felt, just from a, a young girl, very, very passionate about. Because yes, of course, you know, growing up in Eugene and living in Cottage Grove, Oregon, which is, you know, still very racist, um, and being the only black family in the city and, and then coming to Eugene, being the only black girl, you guys know the stories. It has been, um, you know, obviously compelling to me to speak my mind in terms of like that's who I am. My family, my brothers, my sisters, my father, my mother have always been social justice leaders, right? Um, revolutionaries in the 60s. This is how I grew up. My mindset is set out of an ancient um, Afrocology, right? It's actually older than enslaved, the stories of enslaved people in this, in this country. It's where my mindset has always come from, from my, from my father. So I am very, I say all of this to say, when I'm doing this work, I believe I understand um, the plight in a very passionate, very personal way um, because I reflect it. And so um, also, not only personally do I reflect that I have children, I have, I have grandchildren, I have nieces, I have nephews, huge, all healthy, all beautiful, but we're here. Um, and I've lived and worked with white people all of my damn life, right? Um, my multiculturalism is where my mindset is set, really. So I get frustrated when I'm talking to people who are wanting to do this work and actually, when I say wanting to do this work, I think they want to be a part of the story. I don't know that you're really wanting to do the work. And then when I say when you want to do the work, I don't know that you recognize in real time what the work requires, right? So I'm speaking now, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but I'm talking now to my black folks, right? Now, look, unpopular opinion alert. We have a real issue in this area, the Pacific Northwest. I talk about it regularly, but I'm gonna say it directly so that it's not unclear. We have a real issue for people of color in this side of the, of the world that we have a, a real conditioning of, of believing in white supremacy in a way that we don't actually recognize because the idea and the, and the connection to a black community is, in a majority way, kind of a fan fantastical. It's like fantasy, right? Most people who are trying to create something that is real for them in the name of a black community have actually never been a part of a robust black community. So 
what I, I say that to say that we have a vision that's unclear because we're connected to something that we don't know and we're trying to go towards something that we feel. So there's, a, there's this disconnect in between. So I'm saying this because when I, I work with people who are of color and I'm talking to people who are of color and in positions of power who actually don't understand the, the complexities of white supremacy and their role in it in those places of power, right? Um, and this goes also for white folks. So it's kind of like everyone wants to be a part of the conversation, wants to be a part of the story, but when it comes down to your role, let's just be real. How clear are you on the purpose of this work, right? Now, if you are a person of color and you are in a position of power and you don't understand that when you're the only person there and the people around you are telling you that, you're the, that you are good enough to, to, to bring the whole story of black people, that that in itself is a version of tokenism, you don't get that. You don't understand what tokenism is. So white folks also don't get or do they understand what exactly are they saying when they say we've got our one black person they seem very well adept into the, to the circumstances and we're good with that and that black person says yeah I think if you really understood what it means to be in a professional setting you would know I'm good enough are you serious right now let's back that up okay white folks who are sitting here wanting to know and define and, and read all the books and know the definitions and not have not know how to imply to uh, to actually put in play I'm losing the word right now uh, the, de the the actual words how it actually fits into your daily life this is problematic so understand and I've said this I, I I've had sessions back to back to back this week and last week and I've said this a thousand and fifty five times so I thought maybe I should say this like out loud because the concept is a really good and important concept for everyone to think about. White supremacy is not for black people to understand and do. We live it, we live within it, we are constantly grappling with it. Some of us understand that, some of us do not, okay? And I'm going to put that really clearly. Just because you're brown doesn't mean you understand what it means to be uh, taken advantage of in the terms of all of this uh, ins inconsistency in whiteness because sometimes sometimes black and brown people are confused by what they grew up with if it's constantly been in your life to be oppressed to be the person who is picked on and you have normalized that in your life I'm not blaming you but I just want it to be clear to everyone that it doesn't mean that because you're tall and black you like to play basketball it doesn't mean because you're black you understand diversity and equity that's what I'm trying to say. And I'm annoyed. I'm sure you can tell by my voice, y'all. I am annoyed by people who are taking advantage, white and black and brown and indigenous, who are taking advantage of the, place, the placement of like, yeah, um, you know, black, black uh, death and black movement is popular right now. So white folks are quickly grabbing the, the first black and brown person that they can find and putting people out front to speak the minds of, of, of the movement. It's inappropriate because they don't understand either. And what are they supposed to say when they're up there not understanding? Uh, you just put them completely on blast because they're trying to deconstruct white supremacy just as much as you are. All I'm trying to say is that just because you're black and brown, just because you see a black and brown person does not mean that they're able or should be in a position to try 
to lead diversity and equity work when it comes to access and, and equitability. It's not fair to, to assume that every black and brown person knows how to braid hair. Every indigenous person knows how to do their, their indigenous dances. It's not fair to, to, to expect you know, it, every Asian Americans to be resp freaking responsible for what happened in China. They're Americans. They're in the same damn boat as you are, Billy Bob. I mean, this is what I don't understand, is that how are we misconstruing what is really going on for the whole, for the whole community? White supremacy is systematic racism, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's very, very simplistic. I'm always breaking this down in the most simplistic way. Simplicity. So white supremacy is a lie and it's a theory, right? That this, this idea is, is supposed to protect, the systematic racism is supposed to protect people who reflect it, white folks, right? But it's systematic. Systematic means it's in our schools, it's in our water, it's in the rules of the hair salon, it's in our, the way we're supposed to dress, it's the way we're supposed to talk, all of those things. So not only does it affect black and brown and indigenous people, it affects white people but the difference is, is that black and brown and people of color are surviving this. So some people can see it and some people cannot. Some people would rather not fight this fight. Black and brown people, some people would rather not fight this fight, okay? And some people will do nothing but fight this fight to the day they die. So it's racist in itself to believe that you can grab any black and brown person and say, tell us about, tell us about, tell us how, tell us what, tell us who right and it's also a sign of white supremacy completely absorbed by black and brown people who jump up in front and act like you can carry the whole world and everyone's narrative about black and brown issues in terms of equity training and equity uh consensus when you actually are still doing the work yourself now i'm not saying that i'm not doing the work i'm not saying other people who are leading in this work are not doing the work but the truth is, is we have a very clear clear premise of the circumstance of the situation we have a clear eye shot of what is going on for ourselves especially especially for ourselves if you are still confused about what it looks like for yourself for yourself you should not be in the front lines heal heal go to therapy find black therapists find community Take yourself out and go where you feel like you can absorb what you really want to absorb, not what you imagine to be absorbing, right? We have an issue in the Pacific Northwest of, of the lack of black community, the lack of black love, the lack of, of this conjoined thought of black excellence. If y'all don't agree, please tell me. But what I'm saying is that I don't see it in, in, the in the space that means that it's robust. So what I am seeing is a bunch of people, and this is not obviously not everybody, but what I am seeing is people who are hurting, who are trying to grasp onto something that they don't understand. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to say today, slow down. Don't hurt yourself doing this, okay? Slow down. This is for white folks too. Everyone wants to jump to your, to your diversity statement. Everybody wants to jump to being inclusive. You can't be inclusive if you don't understand what racism is. 
If racism, you don't understand the, 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 the innate idea of criminality when you see a black man, not that you would say it out loud, but there's just a feeling in your chest about how uncomfortable you are, right? Not that you can name it or place it, but it's there. You don't understand that's racism? Then you don't, can't move to inclusivity. You slow it down and let's start where it really matters in understanding the subject matter. Are we all in the right classroom? Right? Are we all in the right classroom? You know how it is when you first start school and they go, look at your syllabus, this is class so-and-so, is everybody where they're supposed to be? Because you guys, everyone's not gonna be there. That's all I'm saying. All the black folks and brown folks you see are not there, right? All the white folks that you see, not there. And it's not our job at this point to drag people to the water. This is 2021. You either there or you're not, or you're in process. But be in process. Being in process is not a bad thing. Say, hey, look, I'm doing this work. I'm processing it. I might get this shit all the way wrong, but I'm here for it. I'm gonna do the best I can do. And we have to be gracious enough to let that in. And people who are doing the work know that. We will do that. We will make space. We will make room for the mistakes. But as long as you are invested, but when you get those tinges of, of racism and you don't recognize it, and you go, oh, oh, I don't know what that is, I just kind of move on, your investment to anti-racism is in question. And when I'm seeing my brothers and sisters doing work, and I'm looking at them and you are not healed, and you know you are not healed, you are not helping. White folks, you're out there pushing and pulling black and brown people to be in a place that they are uncomfortable in, is just another assault. And, I, and I'm just like, I'm watching everyone, and I don't know if everyone else is able to just be in the in a moment and just say, look, I don't know. Could you imagine being, if you play soccer for high school and a, and a professional team grabs you and puts you, in a, puts you in and says, let's go, I need you to be making 10 times, I need you to make five, five uh, 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 goals in the next 10 minutes, let's go. And they're like, uh, uh, this is where I want to be. This is where I think I should be. I'm a soccer player. They're not prepared. And you are wrong <laughs> for taking them and putting them there. And that person who was put into that position, you are being tokenized and toyed with. And you're not giving yourself the, the dignity to say, I don't belong here. I, I, this, I, don't, I am doing this work and I don't know what to do. I am learning. You guys, not being racist is okay. Being racist at this point on a scale of low time racism, meaning that you don't really understand how when you look at a black woman and you think that she's pretty, you have to add for a black woman at the end of it. You don't understand how that's racist. That's, that's also still, sorry, racist. There's violence, you know, there's, there's, the, there's, there's getting arrested for knocking on the door when, you're, when you are a legislative, uh, a, a person of power and a black woman and you get taken down for trying to knock and be a witness to rights being violated which is within her right and then there's that part where you're arrested and taken away and then there's that part where you watch the insurrection of white folks taking down the capital and nobody is arrested not in real terms not like without tons of felony charges until weeks later and we still don't have everybody. People were killed. 
we're still deciding who, what, if it was an insurrection or not. I'm just saying, look, everyone is not, everyone is not the same in this, in this spectrum of racism and even understanding it. White supremacy is something that affects black and brown people too. If you don't understand that as a black and brown person, you have work to do. White folks, if you don't understand how, how your implicit biases Meaning, biases mean that just the simple thoughts that you have about black people. The fact is, I would love to challenge any and all of you to think about when you think about black people. Is it about their deprivation? Is it about their, their, uh, their, their need that, that you believe that they need help? That, that you feel empathy and sorrow for the black people's plight? Is that how you see black people at all times? and you do not recognize that there is a full, robust community of black people who are thriving, who have traditions who are, that are beautiful? Do you recognize the things in your life that are centered in blackness that, that have been then re-articulated into something that you thought was yours? Have you been curious as you have been trying to do this work to look at what you believe black is and does it have anything to do with wellness? Does it have anything to do with sovereignty? Does it have anything to do with empowerment on their terms? Now, if you think of black people at all times about needing you in some way, you are, you are in the realms of racism. That's all, I, that's what I'm saying. If you don't understand that, we still got work to do. And I'm not trying to at all discourage people who are doing the work or people who are showing up what I'm trying to encourage you to do is be honest with where you are so we can get the work actually done in a way that makes sense. Black Girl from Eugene is all about intention aligned to impact. That is my, that's my catch line. I am here to help you grab from your intention to align to your impact. And look, I'm looking at my black folks, I'm looking at my indigenous folks, I'm looking at my people of color. You don't have to be in the front line because white folks put you there. Stop. You don't understand. You don't, matter of fact, if you, whatever, maybe you do understand. Maybe you are completely down with how you are, are perpetuating white supremacy in your own everyday lives. Same as I, right? Maybe you are, but maybe you just don't want to be a part of it. Then don't. Then don't. What I'm trying to say is when you are out there, and you are part of those task force, and you are part of those, those uh, initiatives, then the expectation is that you know and can speak up for the plight of the community. The expectation is, is that you, unfortunately, as a black and brown indigenous person, it has the ability to take this, the experience of the black community that which you are saying you are a part of, right? And if that's the case, if you are saying that you are a part of the black community, which means you understand the joy and the love and the excellence of the black community, and you can then translate that experience to policy and be unapologetic about it. Be professional about it. If you can't do that, you are still in process. Or, or you have decided that you are not representing the community. And I'm not telling you off the side, the, the, off the side of my neck. I've been in those positions. I understand what it takes 
to be at a table full of white folks looking at you like you are the representative and you go, I'm just trying to keep my job. That's fair. That's fair. But do not show up. That's what you need to say. Do not, I am not. Do not put me here as a representative of this whole community because I am not. I'm here trying to do my job. Don't ask me. Because now we know where we actually are at the table. Because we're looking at black and brown people at the table like, why are you not doing nothing? Have we talked to those black and brown people to ask if they've signed up to do something? Come on, y'all. We got to be real. We got to be real. This work is hard. It's traumatic. It's deep. It's soul-searching for black folks, for indigenous folks, for people of color. It is painful for white folks. You know, when you don't know something and you find out something and you realize that you are continuously perpetuating something that harms people, other people, for most human beings, that, that sucks, right? I mean, we, if we're doing the work, black folks, we gotta realize that some white folks really deeply were, excuse me, were in their privilege and that means they actually didn't get it. That's actually true. They really have no idea. They're living in a whiteopia that requires them to not see or live or breathe next to black people, whether they figured it out by choice or not. Some people were straight up born into it, would love to know about black people, and are seriously confused about why they're not here. I know it sounds crazy and it sounds weird, but it's true. People in privilege are actually unaware. Not everybody, not everybody, but I'm telling you they're out there, just like black folks. Some black folks are completely aware of their white supremacy. Other black folks don't know anything about their white supremacy. They will defend all things white to the death. So I'm just saying it's not about, it's really not about like just assuming that we could all be and do what we're doing. It's about authenticity. Be authentic. You don't know, that's okay. But please say you don't know. Get into the ranks, stay in your lane where you're supposed to be as you're learning. That way people don't have to backtrack and go, oh, but I thought that so-and-so had it covered. He's black, right? Doesn't he know? Why, why did you think he knew? Why, why did you think he knew what to do in this situation? Did you think that he had the tools to stand up to, to not only his own self-inflicted white supremacist uh, uh, ideals that he's trying to deconstruct, but at the same time stand up to yours? Why did you think so? Because he was black? That doesn't work, y'all. It doesn't work. Matter of fact, it's harmful. It's seriously harmful. And white folks, because you have a Black Lives Matter sign in your, your yard, that doesn't absolve you either. Okay? Because if you don't understand that every time you think about a black person, it's because of the criminality that you're hoping that they could avoid in their life, that's also actually you believing that they have nothing else to offer and that their lives could possibly not be anything other than that. When, in fact, there's evidence all around tell you otherwise. You see it on TV. You see it on in your books. Hopefully if you're picking up those books, those are written by black authors, right? That means they read and write and, and are scholars. So it's not like there's only 10 of us in the whole world. It's, it's actually a cultural thing. Education is huge in the black community. Huge! So all I'm saying is that we all have work to do and slow down. We need to slow ourselves down so that the work can be authentically, authentic, authentically showing up when it's time that we can actually be inclusive. How can you be inclusive if you don't recognize racism? 
having brown people come into your to come into your space because they can act white is not inclusive. Brown people acting white is not inclusive. Black people acting white is not inclusive. Brown people upholding white policy so that they can just get along is not inclusive. Black people, indigenous people, and people of color acquiescing to white supremacy because at least we got that done. Taking just a little bit, that does not mean something inclusive happened. It means we are still fighting. Still fighting. We have got to stop being impressed with the little itty bitty stuff. It's like celebrations the whole way, yes, yes. But we also have to realize why it was so little itty bitty as we went, because white supremacy is live and well, and it is not going down easily. Your feelings and facts are different. That's the truth. Our feelings and the facts are different. You know, I'm, I'm sitting around thinking about, you know, reading all the articles and talking to all um, the, the folks in the, in the community who are really doing this work and um, not necessarily in Oregon, but just everywhere. And we're talking about the quarantine and lift it up just a little bit and we have you know two three mass murder mass shootings you know uh, well two uh, you know the the situation with the government in Georgia shooting in Georgia you know this other in Colorado like what I mean it has been 10 minutes since we the, since the quarantine has lifted enough that people can go outside like this right and, and how did we slip backwards and still not know what to do? We're still, we're still discussing? I'm just annoyed with this. I mean, because the, all that lets me know is that we're not authentically where we th say we are. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to move forward. We don't know how to take this down in a way that makes sense for the communities at large. We don't know. Or maybe I am just being negative and we do know it just takes so much time that when my great-grandchildren are here, they'll reap the benefits and then that's the way, that's what's supposed to be expected. All I'm saying right now, I have created a nonprofit called Kids for the Culture and we have middle schoolers who are advising, our, uh, we have an advisory committee of middle schoolers and they are telling us what they would like to see in the, in the nonprofit. We're asking them about programming. We're asking them about branding. We just picked out a logo yesterday. We just designed it with them. Um, and it's beautiful. And the rebrand is coming out soon, right? And we're talking to the girls and, uh, and the little boy. And we're talking and we're saying, what is it that you want to see? What is it that you're experiencing? What is it that you want? You know, what would support you? What does it look like? And let me tell you what, y'all. I am 44 years old. My niece, who is the president of the nonprofit, she's 25. I have a coordinator, also family. She's also 25. Y'all, do you understand that all of our stories are the same? We have said the same thing. I had what I had to say about when I was in school and when I was living in Eugene, when I was, you know, ever, 14, 12, my niece has the same story. 
coordinator, my niece, same story. These 12 year olds that we're talking about, same story. You know, the only thing that has changed, the only thing that has changed is how we talk about it. Meaning that I, we had telephones, you know, they had Facebook and Instagram, and these kids have TikTok. Out of all of the conversations that we have had about race, that is the only difference that has come up. What does that say? Uh, where's the authentic work? What's happening? Now, again, I'm going to say it because in the black community, we've got some issues to talk about, right? We've got some, some quirks to work through. Because I can tell you like this, when you have more of an opinion about the person doing the work than you have about the work, then you're not talking about community. That's on point, okay? The community in the Pacific Northwest needs building. We need building. We need adhesive understanding of the purpose. What is the purpose? Okay? And for white folks around here, y'all need to slow down. You don't know what you're doing. And that is okay. You are learning. Say that. I'm learning. I'm here to learn. I'm here to listen. I'm here to look, try to figure out what decentering means so that I can try to figure out how not to make it about myself and my story at all times. That is legitimate. But don't don't go in places that, that you don't actually know. Like don't don't put yourself out there. That's the whole point. Then that's why I call this episode tomfoolery because I I just can't, you know, with this whole thing about everyone talking so much work talking so much and, and the work is is running in circles. What's happening, y'all? I mean, that's like a real question. Like, what's happening? Don't start look. Don't I don't want to see people looking at each other. Like, well, they thought they should, and the black folks should, like we should, and blah, 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 and because no, I'm 44. These girls and boys that we're working with are 12. We got the same, very similar stories. Very similar stories. I mean, it. We could talk and and sound just the same when it comes to race and equity and inclusion and justice and abuse and trauma, it's the same. This is a 30 year span. This is a 45 year span. You know, we're talking about, if you grew up in the Pacific Northwest, Oregon specifically, your grandma or knew someone in the KKK, so how could you possibly not be racist, right? Not that, like I said, not the violence, but just the subtle, just the quiet racism. It's still racism. So all I'm saying is let, let's be real about the work that we're trying to do. Let's be like, let's let's be authentic about where we're trying to go. And if you're honestly, like if we, someone says, let's not, we're, we're gonna try to be anti-racist. I think you, I think we gotta better define it. I mean, I know y'all are reading the books, but I don't know. I don't know. You can't jump. And black folks, man, look. It's embarrassing 
that we don't want to say that we have white supremacist issues our damn selves, but it's true. Come on, now you know it's got to be true. How could it not be true? We're surrounded by whiteness at all times in the Pacific Northwest with very little influence of anything else. People want to bring, like they don't, they don't, they're not from here, so they want to come in and bring some sort of uh, essence of a community and not realize who and where they're working with. People from here, if you've never been out of here, trying to find a community is going to be very difficult. Trying to recognize what a community looks like is going to be difficult. That's all I'm saying. And that's all right, because damn, we grew up in a, a, nothing but whiteness around us. So what would we naturally n think of as normal, even when it hurts? We know it hurts. But we're like, what is that pain? That's racism. That's us feeling not included. And when you're trying to deconstruct that as an adult, it's confusing when that's all you know. Own up to that. It's a process. That's all I'm saying. It's a process. But don't be jumping up in, in front because white folks say, hey man, you're black. You should, you should do it. You should do it. They're talking about racism stuff. You should speak up for your people. Come on. Don't. Don't put yourself out there. Don't put yourself out there. You're traumatizing yourself and others and the community who thinks that you might know and then you don't know. And then now we got to back up and, go, and we, it goes into all of the other uh, racist rhetoric that we have to go through to explain why you put yourself up there and didn't know what you were talking about. And then we got to talk to you and then your feelings are hurt and our feelings are hurt and everybody, it, just don't do it. Like, you know, just be like, don't put me out there. Like, I'm working on my, I'm working on myself. Now, for the people who have done the work and people who understand the work, let's go. There's work to be done. Let's create. It's not about, I don't think it, at this point, it's not about trying to get other people to understand. Create. 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 If you are not a creator, support. If you cannot support, write a sign. Still a, a support, share it on Facebook, whatever. But it's time for us to get where we need to, where our, our, our uh, strength is and work from there. Don't let people tell you to go somewhere that you don't understand and that you don't know how to be. I mean, you know, that's like assuming every West African person knows how to drum and dance. It's racist. Assuming that every black woman knows how to braid. They don't. Okay? Every Chinese person isn't good in math. Racist. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, let's go. Let's think about this for a minute. When did Chinese folks and Asian folks just, period, along the, along the East Asian even, when did it become like they're just East Asian? They're not East Asian American. They're not American. When they're Chinese American or Japanese American, they just are somehow super connected to Japan. And they just cannot be disconnected. They cannot be from here and relate to this culture. This is something that we, this is all racist, just without critical thinking, we just go with the narrative. And y'all, what are we learning about the narrative? What are we learning about the narrative? Hint, the narrative is racist. That's all I'm saying. So we can't go with the narrative. We gotta stop and go, what the hell is going coming out of my mouth? And what is in my thoughts? And if it makes me uncomfortable, that's where it starts. That right there is where the work begins. 
Inclusivity is a dream, a pipe dream right now in the Pacific Northwest. IMO. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, this is about to be a podcast of unpopular opinion. I have, because I am like this, this whole rosy eyed idea that everything would be okay. We will eventually get there. We will, there, all white folks aren't bad. All black folks aren't bad. All and BIPOC people aren't bad. Like I feel very, like this idea of multiculturalism is powerful. I feel like it is the goal. I feel like it should be the goal. Um, I also have this idea that, you know, um, I have no real opinions about, um, about interracial couples that are authentic, meaning that each person can show up in their authentic self. I appreciate that, right? Um, I also appreciate seeing black couples uh, healthy and well. I appreciate seeing uh, indigenous families healthy and well. The, the, the idea is that you don't have to, you don't, I mean, you don't have to lie to kick it, is what I'm trying to say, right? We're all in this process together. We're all deconstructing a narrative that we were that this whole land was created on it's thick the lie is real and it's thick so the spider web in which we have woven not we as in like the people who are oppressed and enslaved but the society in which we have not denied the power to the structure that weave that we have woven is thick okay that's all I'm saying. This is not simple. It's e- it's not it's it's like this is it's simple but it's not easy. You know that saying? That's what I'm trying to say. Let's just be authentic. Let's be real for each other. So, this is my show for today. And I am hoping that I was able to invoke some sort of thought about your authentic position to this work. I hope I was able to invoke some sort of feeling of ease or unease, to be honest, about the work you've been doing. Because I would love to invoke some processing instead of spitting out the answer. I would love to invoke processing. And I am trying to normalize that you and I and everyone around us is in process. I'm trying to encourage authenticity in your space. I'm trying to encourage authenticity about where we actually are in the work so that we can try to avoid further harm in performative action. I am challenging white folks to look at how you really think about black people. And I'm challenging BIPOC people to look at how closely entwined white supremacy runs our decisions. That is what I'm encouraging in this episode, in this Black Girl from Eugene uh, podcast segment. So I would love to see what y'all have to say. Um, You know, I I am looking through the comments and I'm not reading them as I go because I'm only, um, it's just me here and I can't talk and read at the same time. But um, I do see that some folks are saying that they get it and they understand it. Um, please, please, if you have things to say about this, 
write me, DM me. I would love to discuss it further. I will put it on a podcast and I will talk about it so that y'all can hear my perspective. I want it to be relative to you. Um, like I said, creating what you're missing uh, is a great way to start. If you, don't, if you don't know black folks and you've never seen black people really in your neighborhood or where you're at, it's time to start looking at what you do in your own life and find blackness in it because we're there. Everywhere. Everywhere that you are, we are there too. Now, regardless if we are in the front or if it's been hidden in the back or the stuff that you think is yours has been taken and reverted anywhere it goes, look at what you know, look at what you love, look at what you do. If you don't have any black folks around you, look at what you do and find the blackness in it because look at the history of it. Trust me, black people are there. I'll put my money money on it that somewhere down the line some black folks were involved in the very things that you love. Get familiar with what's normal. Okay, because what I mean, oh Lord, I put out a I put out a meme talking about gun violence and talking about whether or not black folks were all armed, how quickly uh, the um, legislation would be passed, and I didn't get nothing. I didn't get nothing out except for what about black on black crime? I mean, not a damn thing. And what I'm saying is. If we cannot, if the, the cognitive dissonance is so, the, the, the denial is so thick that we are just off, just off the heels of two mass shootings from white folks who were deranged, who were upset, who were literally had no rhyme or reason to, to murder, just killed collectively. 19 people and you want to talk about oppressed communities and, and, and gun violence get the hell out of here that's all I'm saying the, the cognitive dissonance is real the, the, the literally not taking in how you participate in white supremacy is real you have to investigate racism is on a spectrum those racists who were killing that, that racist who was killing Asian people and women and, and this other dude who was just killing up anybody in the damn store is one side of, of the spectrum. Then you got a whole other side of the spectrum. I've said it a couple different times this whole in this, in this podcast. It's a spectrum of racism. If the first thing I say is gun violence would be, uh, you know, would, would legislation would be passed if, if all black people had guns, you go, oh yeah, what about the ghetto? <laughs> Stop yourself. Stop yourself. Because you're taking it out of context of what the hell I'm even talking about. Let me remind you, lest we remind you of the Panthers in, the Calif- in, in California's capital and how quickly, like I said, the Mulford legislation was passed. Lest remind you how quickly, how quickly we black folks push that vote in Georgia and how quickly they are suppressing it. Please. Please connect these dots. We cannot afford to keep talking about this like we're learning, like it's a brand new damn day every day. Come on, y'all. I'm going to take the information from yesterday and bring it into today. And keep working at it. Like I said before, there's no solution that you have heard so far that, that if, you're taking, if you're taking things from the past and trying to bring it to the, to the present and make solutions out of it, you are missing the point. 
it requires new solutions, things that you have never done, things that you will look at and go, does that even work? I've never seen it done that way. Perfect, let's do that. That's what you need to understand. What, what, uh, what Abrams did in Georgia had never been done because she wasn't trying to look at the, the, the paradigm that worked before for white supremacy and suppression. She tried to go for something that would be inclusive and actually drive the black vote. Something that has not been done before. Same thing that we need to be working on here. If you are still scared to talk about to talk about including black people because you're scared that they might not be professional or really do we have to look at this thing or are they going to be able to do the work? Listen to what you just listen to what you just said about black and brown ability to 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 lead in their sovereign uh, issues to be able to your ability really to listen to them is what we're really actually talking about your willingness to respect their validity in their lived experience that's what we're talking about so this is what i'm encouraging you to do stop talking about other people start talking about yourself okay stop talking about other people and start looking at your ability to be authentic in the work. Could you really step aside and let a black person tell you we're about to do something completely different and fund it, watch out, let's, this is what's gonna happen? And black folks, are we here? Are we able to sit at the table and go, look, you know what, I'm incredibly uncomfortable being the only black person here. And I realize you think I know this stuff and I don't. I'm just trying not to get pulled over every day. Can we say that? No. Come on. Authenticity. We got to do something different. It cannot be what we've always done. And if we, and to be honest, if we were trying to do anti-racist, it would not look like anything that we've ever done because we've never been in a position to be anti-racist. Ever. So if any solutions that you're coming up with sound or look similar to what was done before, trust me, it ain't it. Trust that. All right, y'all, I'm going to get off my rant box. I'm going to let it be for a moment, and I'm going to just let it happen. And I just wanted to put it out there because I think in my own personal lived experience, I don't appreciate when people have a solution or have an answer or at least a, a, a well-thought-out opinion, a well-thought-out uh, you know, um, perspective and doesn't share it. I think that's wrong. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> so I'm just letting you guys know what I observe and what I am thinking. And just to understand, yeah, it's uncomfortable for everybody. It's uncomfortable doing this work. It's uncomfortable saying something different. It's uncomfortable saying something different and not knowing what the result will actually be. Just on a hope and a whim. But trust, black folks been living like that. Look how far we got. We're doing quite well, actually. Okay? Believing it can get better goes a long, long way. Believing it can be done, even though we've never seen it done before, goes a long way of making it happen. Trust me on that one. Okay, so I'm going to stop my audio uh, for the audio podcast and KEPW, and I'm going to read all of your comments um, as we go through just because I think it comes across a little funny on the radio show so people for KEPW thank you for listening and I will catch you again next week